0: Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode 44 of season two of This Osteopathic Life. We are rounding out the final week of this second season. My goal, my hope, is to have one more solo episode, and we have a conversations episode that is coming out later today, so you get a double bonus on the day. And if I reflect back, that puts us at five more solo episodes than last year, and 22 conversations. Hmm... As I even pause on that, I think, ooh, well, 22 and 44 could be nice. So we shall see. <laughs> I like multiples of 5, but I like multiples of 11. So many different options there. Do you have any number patterns that speak to you? Over the course of this past year, much has evolved. And that is true for me personally for many of us on a grand scale as we look at what has transpired in the world around us that I don't think any of us would have predicted at the start of last year. And episode 40, the final season, uh, excuse me, episode of season one, was a year in review. And perhaps there could be a special episode that allows for that. But today what I want to talk with you about is inspiration, and I draw on that word, that feeling, that experience, that action, based on last week's events. So we had the inauguration of President Joseph Biden, Vice President Kamala Harris, and there were many speakers and presenters and artists that were featured. And most notable for me, and for so many, was the Poet Laureate Amanda Gorman and her recitation the words she put forth in the style and even now if I close my eyes just picturing her expressions her dynamic emotion her hand movements it was enrapturing and I've listened to the poem many times and reflected on it in a variety of groups And the impact is astounding. I love so much of it. If you tuned in to the alliterations that were there and the patterns and the circling back, all the different styles that were in it, really, they made my heart sing. It was incredibly beautiful. It is incredibly beautiful. And I'm so grateful to learn of her work, to know that she has multiple books coming out where her words and her presentations will be preserved and promoted and projected far and wide. So much gratitude and so much inspiration. I felt this call in that moment right, of the power of the word. And I had gratitude for the opportunity I've had here for week after week to share my own words and experience. So thank you to all who listen, and who share, and simply for the opportunity to process through words in their unique combination. I haven't written much poetry. I've had a few instances, many of them in more cultivated settings, often for an assignment or a specific purpose. But the times that is the medium with which the words find themselves to the page It's so intriguing to me in the combinations and the rhythm and the potential rhyme. All of that comes together in a poem and to see so clearly how much writing and poetry particularly are activism and they are the tools, maybe even weapons of social justice. So what I hear in there is that invitation, that reminder to acknowledge and honor our own creativity, to bring it forth, to speak it in all settings, to realize the stages that we do have and the platforms that are available, and to take up the ownership and responsibility for that in the work that we are doing. And so for me, it does mean continuing the podcast with a lot of enthusiasm heading into season three. I have ideas for episodes, although like I've shared with you, they do appear on the day, right? The the intent and the concept is perhaps anticipated, but it is when I push record that the words begin to present themselves. And that is also why there have been various pauses like we saw some of the patterning, two conversations in between episodes over the last few weeks, just as the words weren't quite yet ready to present themselves. It's also an opportunity to speak in different mediums. And for me, I have been sending a daily email to a group with a reflection on the day, with an equation, we could say for success, but really just an equation to notice All the different components and results in our lives, and having the different ways to put them together to reflect on them and, yes, to celebrate them, and even just to notice them when they do represent more of a challenge or even a hardship. That has been a fascinating medium for me. I've had the chance to teach live, you know, even in and especially in this virtual setting. And being able to speak there through live and direct conversation and participation with students, sharing concepts, reflecting on styles of learning, honing in on the dialogue around identity and professionalism, reviewing assignments in a new way where we give one another feedback, where we have direct examples of different styles of being, of philosophy, of practice, and to notice that all can contribute to success. Video is a medium that I haven't explored as much. This osteopathic life actually does have a YouTube channel and there are exercises on there. Looking at it as a space for dialogue and vlogging perhaps, I do video record my conversations podcast but thus far they've just been audio. And when I think about that, what the power is, because I do watch videos of various leaders getting news in certain ways from videos, listening to teachings, and I can appreciate that that is a method of learning and engagement. I have had the opportunity to lead a video-based panel of physicians weekly since October on a wide variety of concepts, and I'm the host. And so in that space, being able to speak to physicians in a non-directly physician-related setting. Right? It's a community for physicians, but we're not talking about medicine specifically, although it's so interesting to see the ties between various concepts. And it has been fascinating to be in that space where it is visually received as well as listening to the conversation itself and noticing the impact there. Certainly communication in a variety of written words. I've had blogs and various iterations over the years. it have been moderately dormant this past year when I have actually been a guest writer in different spaces. And in the present moment, writing is taking its place on the page largely through book writing. And that is pending for release very soon. And I will certainly keep you updated. And I reflect on all of this through the lens of inspiration as a means of appreciation and gratitude and also as a means of encouragement. For those of you listening, who inspires you? Who demonstrates for you the possibilities of excellence, of brilliance, of connection and What is it that is called forth from within when you have the opportunity, the privilege to observe, to witness, to honor that contribution from that person who provides the inspiration? Where do you feel it? For me, I felt it in my heart when Amanda Gorman was speaking. And I also felt it lift. And I felt it. Move into my throat, right? That idea of all those potential words to be spoken. And I felt it in my head with so many amazing, swirling thoughts. And like I said, when those patterns would emerge in her lines, it fired off so many grateful pathways in my brain and noticing the power of combination. And it also echoed for minutes, hours, days, and I'm sure for many weeks, months, and years to come in my mind of what we might have within us and what it looks like when we do take to the stage, whatever that stage might be, and so brilliant and appropriate deserved for a to be standing on that national and internationally received stage, knowing the audience around the world. And that there are also stages for each of us in any arena of our lives. And to know what it's like to take a breath and to walk up the steps and to stand in the spotlight, literal or proverbial, to stand before the microphone, and to have our voice amplified, what would you say? What words would emerge for you? What would your delivery style be? To whom would you be speaking? How would the audience receive that which you had to say? What would you do in the aftermath with the accolades or the criticism, with the reflections, with the notation of the impact that you had? How would you handle it? How would you engage with the world when you have borne your own vulnerability and power, which are inseparable, of course, for all to see. And I wonder what it might be like in our world if there were more of that. If there were many more moments of stage standing and word speaking and delivery given with such passion and not underestimating the power of what those words can mean and the possibility of the inspiration that expands, that ripple effect moving outward, of someone taking notice and hearing not only what you have to say, but hearing echoed in themselves what they have to say and the permission granted to notice that there is room for me to speak to that there is this invitation for us to wield whatever tool we have available to contribute to the growth of love of connection of humanity in this world and what's been so interesting for me really this week as well you know so much discovery happening is that inclination and that desire for the greater good and for service to be a predominant value and focus. And what I've recognized is I do hold that expectation for myself, but I also do hold it for others. And while that might seem like a good thing, right, and in parenting, for example, having that as a key and core foundational value baseline for my children seems appropriate and is the space in which I would like to proceed with parenting, but it is also not for me to determine for anyone else. Again, as a parent, I can work on cultivating that and leading by example with and for my children, but ultimately they are going to decide who they are, how they are, what they do, and for others, for other adults, particularly, I cannot control what they do, how they act, what their values are, what their expectation is. I can simply control me and live into that and speak of it, right? The power of word. But what I noticed was when I released the expectation that everyone, right, and I'll use that word as grandly as it's intended, should, right? And we could talk about that word. We've talked about the S's, you know, what should can mean. Do what is right for all. And if that is even possible, and again, we're seeing there's a relative disagreement on what is best for all. And we could look for and distill down to some Common thought processes and principles, and at the same time, there likely are as many perspectives as there are people. and you can find your collectives that agree with you and that share your common values and vision and purpose. But I noticed the freedom that came in this space of no longer expecting, and I would even say requiring, right that the right thing be for all people. To do the right thing, to act altruistically, to want for the greatest good, to act from a place of service, what I actually noticed was that I saw it more, and behaviors were allowed to qualify. And you might think, well, great, you just lowered the bar, now you're just pretending like everything are acts of service and kindness and altruism, and no, actually quite the opposite. In releasing what was a very fixed, right, very finite expectation around what did count, right? what qualified as good and right and just behavior, what became available to me was a broader noticing. And noticing maybe my all- all-time favorite word, because it allows for recognition, and appreciation. It doesn't require adaptation or agreement. It can be active or passive. I think it tends more toward the active, but it can be happening, and then we tune into it as we can turn it on to a more active engagement. And it allows for space, curiosity, connection in noticing also releases a lot of the judgment that happens. And so from a place of expectation and requirement, what you can imagine and you may have experienced is judgment walks right in that open door and says, well, if it's not happening, right, this is not okay and they are not okay and this isn't right and we should fix this. And I am all for reform and policy and even rules and regulations in a way that gives a structure for optimal function, right That's osteopathic concept in action. And I am also for understanding and fluidity and awareness and the power of the individual as a meaningful member of the collective. And so in switching from a rigorous requirements and expectations. To, let's say, gentler, broader, more open and spacious awareness, noticing, potential, curiosity, judgment had to stay on the other side of that door. And you might think, well, a closed door doesn't sound spacious. But remember, as we talked about, boundaries create freedom. And so having a line drawn that says here is an expectation that I notice and I can allow it to be extended to myself because I can control what it is I'm doing. Although noticing even then when it does create only or mostly a window of judgment and criticism and a lack of capacity to appreciate what is actually happening for good, even there, Perhaps a reframe is actually required. Well, let's not say required. We're trying to move away from that word. A reframe is welcome in order to allow for celebration of progress. A progress in the direction of justice and equity and altruism and kindness and right action. Because when it is an all or nothing space, what can happen is, we don't meet the expectation or we fail and we often then stop trying because we might think I had the best intentions and I did so many things and still it didn't come to fruition, right? My impact was not what I intended. And if we instead say I am committing to justice, and equity and right action and learning and awareness and noticing there's movement in there and there's fluidity and there's space for progress to count there's certainly still space to review impact and when it doesn't match intent, to make adjustments but not to have that be defeating not to have that be terminal and to say well if that wasn't it there's nothing more for me to give here And instead saying, well, if that wasn't it, I wonder why. And maybe that was partially it, or part of that was it. And I have room to develop other components. And I have room to grow. And I have room to expand. And I have room to reflect and to reframe. And from there, the possibility to actually move into those spaces and ways of being is possible. I took the time in the last week or so to listen to one of Jimmy Carter's many books. And my sister is, you know, I would say a diehard Jimmy Carter fan. My niece's name is Carter. And we've had the great privilege of being on different Habitat builds uh, with Jimmy and Rosalind Carter over the years, she many more than I. And she recommended, and actually I'll say was aghast that I hadn't yet listened to or read any of his books. And so I chose beyond the white house and i was blown away by the depth of engagement it's one of those where you know i knew there was a lot of involvement and had no idea the depth and the breadth and the time span and the geographic expansiveness of the engagement and what i heard in there and this was written perhaps 20 years ago at least 15. And that it wasn't we have arrived or we're we're doing it even. It's just the idea of these are our mission statements, these are our ways of being and we're continuing to move toward it. We're continuing to learn and to grow. We're continuing to refine and to reflect and to reform and to reengage and to be Meaningful partners in the process of upholding these key and core values. And so, if I can take from that the decades, right, the near century of contribution to the greater good from Jimmy Carter from a space of not having done it, not expecting anyone else to be that way, but simply to taking ownership of our own unique individual lived experience deciding where why and how we'd like to apply ourselves and to do so to recommitting day after day week after week month after month year after year decade after decade and allowing that to be the success and to be inspired by those periodic victories however big or small they might be to be informed by them. Inspiration is informative. It shows us where our passion might actually lie, where our strengths are, what role we might actually fill most effectively, which group we can align our talents, gifts, skills, interests with to be a most effective ally, supporter, leader, trailblazer, all the different ways of being. And so when I think of inspiration, I remember that it needn't be quelled by expectation. And that often it can. And so instead to notice intention, right? intention along with inspiration can be so powerful and bringing in the I words, right, impact of how our actions are received from inspiration, from our intention in the world, and then deciding what shifts we might make. And so as we head into the end of this month and the first week of this new administration here in the United States, deciding, right, to notice the potential sources of inspiration all around us. And those might be in people, might be in people who are in positions of power and prestige. It might be those who are in positions of simple presence in our lives on a very local scale. It might be within. We can certainly be our own best inspiration, past work, ideas for the future, present accomplishments. Don't discount that you hold the power of inspiration for yourself and for those around you. And as I move through this episode and in reflection of the past year, I do think 44 sounds fantastic. 44 sounds and is 10% more. Then last year, it is a multiple of 11 leading into the decade in which I will begin. All the numbers of my own age with the number four. It is double the number of conversations episodes, which is a great relationship. And so let this be the culmination of season two of This Osteopathic Life, thinking about where we began With a season review and ideas for 2020 Vision, an episode that matriculated at the end of this season. A year that has seen me through shifts in my work and continued evolution in geography and location back to where this podcast began here in Northwest Michigan. A year that has seen closures in many ways, but so many more openings and expansions. A year that has allowed for relationships to emerge in new and unexpected ways. A year that has covered many fewer miles than perhaps ever before in my life, my adult life, maybe in my life. I took a lot of road trips. Growing up with lovely family members. And even alongside that, especially alongside that, so much has been explored. So many journeys have been made and seeds planted for many more adventures to come. And so with so much gratitude, I wrap this season And I'm grateful to share later today with you the final episode of conversations for this season, this year of the podcast, and to greet you again next week with a milestone birthday moment, also with the reflection that all moments have milestone capacity and don't require milestone expectations But simply our presence, our purpose, our possibility, our potential, and our patience. Trusting that what is meant to emerge certainly will. And so I will see you next in season three with some new beginnings, new accompaniments, new guests and consistency of the vision and mission that inspired the birth of this osteopathic life and will continue to guide the work that we do independently and together. This is Dr. Beaky with This Osteopathic Life. Thank you for listening.